This is episode 112, yeah, 112 of G.I. Joeberg. I'm your host, Stephen, and I'm joined by the full team of Paul. Stephen. Wait, I'm not Stephen. <laughs> it's Robert. Of course, you got Cujo on the West Coast. I just ate three cinnamon rolls, so you know it's going to be a good podcast. Did you say salmon rolls? No, brother. Cinnamon rolls. What are you? <laughs> wow. It is going to be a good podcast. I believe there's a strong likelihood we will not be joined by any animal companions this evening. Is that right, Paul? <laughs> I got blowtorch on that shit. And barbecue. <laughs> I heard their little screams. <laughs> wow, dude. I, I hope the fires aren't raging still. No, it's fine. I just doused it with some doom afterwards, and then I, I hit it with some water. It's all good now. <laughs> Rest in peace, little bugger. So how are we all feeling tonight, gentlemen? I am very excited about tonight's topic. I'm not going to lie. I think uh, this one plays quite close to home for me because I think out of the four of us, I am the youngest collector in that I only started building my collection about seven years ago. Okay, what a segue. (laughs) (laughs) To any listeners still scratching your heads as to what the topic actually is... Let me give a brief rundown. When we started this podcast, we envisioned that we would be appealing to a very niche market of G.I. Joe collectors out there who had already amassed monstrous collections that most likely dwarfed our own. Never did I consider that we would have a burgeoning listener base that included people that were actually contemplating starting their collections. So if you found us and you do not have a collection of G.I. Joe toys yet, well, this is this is day zero. This is your point of departure in terms of venturing into this wonderful world of G.I. Joe toy collecting because we are going to give our absolutely essential must-have lists of G.I. Joe and Cobra action figures and vehicles and, dare I say, play sets too. So we are very excited to not be talking about comic books, not be talking about films, not that those aren't cool things to talk about, but uh, <laughs> tonight it is all about the toys. But first, does anyone have any new uh, new shit they'd like to talk about? Anything new on your Joe radar? Gentlemen, the microphone is yours. That's quite a question, Stephen. Finally, on the IDW front, they had a leadership change this weekend. It's noteworthy, so I'm going to chat it up. And that would be Chris Rael. Uh, some people know that name, some don't. But maybe you should. Uh, 14 years deep in the game. That's a long time to be an editor. He put out such uh, winners as Lock and Key. That's a critical bay. Oh, wow. A, good a lot of people like that. And people are always fighting for the movie rights to that. So that, that's, that's a win-win. He also uh, kind of shepherded the infestation plot line that went through IDW. That's one of my favorite uh, miniseries. Uh, if you remember, me and Strident from Jonet uh, covered that on YouTube. Chris, you should uh, run that down. Oh, by the way, how you doing out there, Strident? It's been a bit. Strident, I follow you uh, on Instagram now. <laughs> well, he uh, he's dropping some art in the uh, Joe Mag, the monthly Joe Mag. Um, I think next month he's dropping a Tiger Force Jinx. Great cool. art. Basically, the viewer's uh, <laughs> the viewer's chin is sitting on top of a uh, Jinx's uh, outstretched blade. 
I love that perspective. Uh, nicely done, brother. But back to the uh, subject at hand. Chris Rowell also edited a book called Chickacabra from one of my favorite authors, Tom Beelan, who I just mentioned, I think, a couple of episodes ago. So that's the uh, Six Degrees of Cujo right there. I just want to say uh, a lot of respect on our side. He did a uh, exit interview for, I want to say, just to discuss his, his time at IDW. It, it's a well-written piece. Nice interview from uh, Heidi McDonald. Uh, you might remember her from being a DC editor. So uh, she's deep in the game. He, he happened to speak one line that caught my attention. It was about the G.I. Joe situation that played out. And he said uh, a bunch of idiots were getting in the way of progress. Uh, Chris, <laughs> I, I know you as a uh, professional uh, speechwriter. So, I mean, I know, I know you can find a better word than idiot. But uh, maybe if I ever get to chat you up, we can uh, do a mulligan on that one. But... It's actually the other word in that sentence that uh, caught my attention, and that was progress. And as good as that interview was by Heidi, uh, cheers, Heidi, I would have loved to have heard the next question, and that would have been, what is progress to you? And maybe that can be the next question I ask you when we talk. Um, but anyway, hell of a run, and uh, that's, yeah, cheers, uh, good luck on your next uh, journey. And I will say that... Uh, you know, get to know Jonet. A lot of people are saying, what's Jonet? Well, that's the question, isn't it? But the way I would answer it is that it's the, the low-key smartest people you never heard of. And we're everywhere, guys. We're network. But anyway, brother, I hope we do cross paths. And do you guys want me to throw out a network freebie? I don't really mind, man. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Why not? Since I like you guys, uh, I'll throw out a little bit of net network freebie for you. One thing that I found interesting about the IDW net is that all your editors have uh, cartoon avatar pictures. You guys are leading a company. Uh, usually people like transparency, you know, because if, if we don't know who you are, this is the age of social media. Maybe you've heard there's no layers anymore. But anyway, my last bit, and this, this could apply to one of your writers or former writers, but uh, you guys designed your network outside in. Uh, and a lot of people did in this iteration of social media. And what that means is your following is an echo chamber. It's not actually a network. So that's not me insulting you. A lot of people clown themselves this time. Y your true network is actually the people you follow. And I think that, that most of your numbers would reflect that at this state. Uh, I think that's all the Joe net I have. Nope, I got more. And that is, I just wanted to uh, put full force in the spotlight again. Those guys are dropping a lot of quality content. They have, like, sound effects, guys. I think we're playing catch-up now. Um, we have sound any... effects. We have crickets <laughs> and and whatever comes out of my mouth and Stephen's mouth. <laughs> it would appear your uh, measures have uh, not been effective, Paul. Revenge. So, um, FYI, anyone listening to this podcast, if you do hear something that sounds distinctly like a cricket, it's a cricket. It's a it's cricket. I'm so not your sorry. car engine acting up. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh -huh. have one question for full force before we uh, send them on their way. Guys, I have to ask. The funniest person in the UK is Matt Berry, isn't it? Dark Place? Is there anybody funnier in your country than that? That's all I got. I hope I, we're going to cross paths at JoeCon. You know that's going to be a good chat. Um, 
That's all I got, guys. I'm going to cool off for a bit. Sweet. I've got one item to enter onto the uh, the uh, agenda, I suppose. Two important things happened this week. Uh, well, among many uh, important things. Uh, G.I. Joe Berg's YouTube channel has hit 2.5 thousand subscribers. Yay! Yay! Wow. We also entered a new chapter in our mini-series, I guess you'd call it, uh, The Atlantis Factor. This one featured the warrior hovering assault landing envoy, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. the killer whale, uh, which, uh, once again, I had my trusty sidekick, Rob, uh, assisting me very, very, very handily on as we crept up a very ironically urban waterway uh, in and amongst mm -hmm. um, broken glass and... Uh, vagrants in order to shoot a uh, a jungle sequence <laughs> a jungle riverine sequence featuring both his whale and my whale and we really uh, did not pick a winner in terms of which would be the lead whale <laughs> because Rob's whale has very good buoyancy characteristics my whale does not but my whale is in possession of its steering vanes so we went with that, much to our detriment, because the damn thing would sink to the bottom of this very shallow river uh, any time we turned our backs on it. Yeah, we were constantly saving it from uh, capsizing and disappearing. Not that things didn't disappear. <laughs> we oh, shit, what did you lose? Oh, we initially lost a wheel, but we, we managed to find it fairly quickly. You managed to find it. Eagle Eye Rob to the rescue, my word. <laughs> It was one of those little black caster wheels from the bottom of the whale. I mean, you hope those things hold on for dear life as you're rampaging your whale over some, some you know, difficult terrain. But if one should happen to dislodge, boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's gone forever, surely. Nope. Yeah, you're lucky if you find it. <laughs> and Rob did. <laughs> I did. But what I find even more incredible is we left the scene. Um, you know, we all, all kind of sorted out and we all done. And then later, Stephen messages me, and he's like, hey, dude, did you see the the small bike, the kind of the escape bike from the, oh, the whale? And I was like, ah, oh, dude, no, I, I don't remember. Um, like, I, I thought, you know, maybe it wasn't on there. Um, and then check it the turns footage. out Stephen is calling me. <laughs> he's like, check the footage. He's calling me from the canal. He's now back in the canal at about 8 o'clock at night in the dark with a, with a phone that is quickly dying. He's, you know, his light is running low. So I'm scrubbing footage like like some sort of crazy FBI <laughs> agent. Just like, okay, there it is. It's in the shot. It's not in the shot. Okay, okay. Now I have a general idea of where it is. But, okay, so that that's pretty incredible. Me kind of like narrowing it down. But what I think is even more amazing is how Stephen managed to find it. Because while I would have given up looking in the areas where I would have assumed it was, Stephen came up with an incredible idea in the moment. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, your first port, of course, to check the areas of dry land. I mean, if you're familiar with Atlantis Factor Part 3, this is a sequence where we sort of push the whale up onto this embankment and it kind of rampages through some, some reeds and some tall grasses. That's kind of where we'd worked out in the video that the bike had come loose. Mm. So I comb that entire area. I work in ever-decreasing circles until I basically am turning around on my own tail with my flashlights, 
and nary a scout bike could be found. But then Rob gives me a message that, hang on, Steve, it could have come off into the water while Mm. we were being pursued by the claw. Huh. Well, that makes things slightly more difficult, because if that thing hit the water, it could have been swept away all the way down this canal. I (laughs) took a leaf and placed it in the water and watched it go. And I sort of walked after it uh, with my with my mobile phone flashlight trained on this leaf to watch where the water hit sort of eddies or got snagged by rocks uh, so that something of a similar size, i.e. a surprisingly buoyant scout bike, uh, would have eventually wound up. And it worked! <laughs> I found the spot where where the water had kind of reached a bit of a lull, and that is exactly where I found the bike just bobbing up and down. Isn't that crazy shit, guys? That, that is amazing. some crazy shit right there. And a vagrant came up to me and asked me like, "Yay, what you looking for?" And I was like, uh, "A plastic toy bike of no value, sir." <laughs> Please don't bother me. It's it's not a wallet. It's not a cell phone. It's not uh, diamond jewelry. <laughs> yeah, no, very sheepishly. Yeah, did did what I needed to do and got the hell out of there. <sighs> Things we do for arts, boys. I can just do. Yeah, exactly. So there it is, guys. If you haven't checked it out yet, please check it out. Or, well, at your leisure, check it out. It's good fun. It's two 30-year-old men uh, playing with toys in a canal. (laughs) (laughs) What more could you want from your YouTube binging? When's the next chapter drop? Oh, that's a very good question, Curtis. Uh, I guess it all comes down to availability. I mean, I don't really have... Uh, ample time to, to, to get to it at the moment. I believe you're in the middle of a show right now, right? Yes, that's correct. I'm running West Side Story uh, here in Cape Town by night and rehearsing Macbeth by day, which is going to be oh. performed at what I'm told is the largest Shakespeare festival in the world, which happens to take place in a place called Craiovia <laughs> in Romania. I mean, why would one ever have a reason to visit Romania other than that lame joke, which goes as follows. Question, did you go anywhere for your vacation? Answer, no. I went to Romania. (laughs) Terrible. You gotta watch yourself. We got a lot of of Joburg in Romania. I actually, I would love to go to Romania personally. They got, Mm. uh, it's the whole... Uh, like okay, like I'm sorry if I sound like I'm sorry if I sound like wrong or, or stereotypical here, but Romania has a lot of really cool history with regards to like vampires and stuff like that, and you know, not that I want to go there because of vampires, but I mean, you obviously, got a long like, neck, dude. There's a lot of Watch out. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of really beautiful architecture and stuff in Romania, and that's actually what I mean. Like, you know, there's a mystique there to that country. Well, I've been told by the members of the company who've been to the Shakespeare Festival before that in Romania there are two types of women, tens and ones. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh that I'm on the market God. or anything. <laughs> hey, Kim. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Gents, I think I'm expended in my uh, new shit quotient. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we? Let's. Let's do it. 
as I say, this is a topic that I never pondered before. But thanks to Brandon Skaggs, we have this fantastic topic before us. May you have a great time tracking down some of these items. And hey, it's completely subjective. Everyone's yeah. got their favorites, which is why a topic like this never really occurred to me because I'd be like, well, who are we to dictate what uh, G.I. Joe fans out there should prioritize? But if you are yeah. sitting on a blank slate and you want some words from guys who absolutely adore this shit and think about it all the time, well, this is the episode for you, like I said. Each of us was tasked with coming up with 10 G.I. Joe figures, 10 Cobra figures, five G.I. Joe vehicles, and five Cobra vehicles, and all playsets that would make up our list. Uh, how are we going to do this? I think <laughs> we align on certain picks, we diverge on certain other picks. So I think the easiest way to speed through this list, because it is quite a lengthy one, is to first unpack the toys that three or all of us aligned on and i'm going to go through them quite quickly if you guys want to double back and discuss anything uh, that i'm about to mention we can but in the interests of efficiency this is how we're going to do it and if you're a listener like our good pal dan shamansky who likes to pause the episodes construct his own list and then compare it to the one that we came up with this is the point at which you do that right now <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wow, is that your time Here's up? the list. <laughs> you had enough time. Should we do vehicles first or figures first, gentlemen? Ooh, asks the vehicle man. I think let's go with figures first because vehicles are always the bigger purchases. So sure. yeah. let's go with figures. <laughs> we, you guys already know I'm a people person, so... Let's do it. Cool. There'd be some animal companions in there. In the Go. Joe camp, <laughs> it might not come as any surprise, but all four of us settled upon Snake Eyes version 2 wow. as the go-to Snake Eyes. Mm. And We've got to have the sculpted lips. Gotta have it. <laughs> mm. No, mm -hmm. you had to go there. But in every other respect, this is the Snake Eyes that the vast majority of old school fans align on. And those of us who are slightly newer school fans can't deny the mystique of. It's the Snake Eyes that gets the most exposure. It was the look that had a construction that bettered his original look. And maybe, you know, hasn't been surpassed since. Uh, there is a strong argument to be made for that. Does anyone else have any comments to make about Snake Eyes version 2, 1985? Oh, no, definitely. It's, he's the de facto Snake Eyes. Um, whenever you see uh, Snake Eyes represented in comic books today, he still has a look which is representational of, or which is a representation of this um, figure, of, of this version. And um, if you put, if you had to put artwork of other versions of Snake Eyes next to, next to the Snake Eyes, and ask a kid or ask a, a casual G.I. Joe fan which one of the five figures is Snake Eyes, they would most likely pick version two. And it's Paul's personal G.I. Joe Holy Grail of <laughs> his childhood, so you got to know there's something important about it. <laughs> it's most likely the priciest pick out of Snake Eyes action figures. 
I, 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 I might be speaking under correction here, but the thing about buying this version is that you most likely won't be left wanting. It's kind of the Snake Eyes to end all Snake Eyes. If you were to get another version, perfectly serviceable. Like Snake Eyes 1.5 or Snake Eyes version 3 from 1989. But you'll always be left wondering, hmm, ah, man, maybe I should have just spent a little bit more and gotten Snake Eyes with Timber. Mm-hmm. Next up, all four of us also agree that version 1 Destro from 1983 is the business. <laughs> what do you say about oh, that, Robbie? Quick, Baroness, uh, suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes, absolutely. I mean, also, he's one of those unique figures from the line in that he's a bit taller than the other ones, and he comes with an awesome, like, die-cast silver head, which looks amazing. Like, absolutely incredible. If you saw it in, in episode two of Atlantis Factor, you would know what I'm talking about. Or chrome. Whatever you choose. Or chrome, even. You could even chrome it if you like. Diecast it or chrome it. Your choice. <laughs> and uh, my two cents, he comes with the line's finest pistol ever produced. Mm. Bar none. Modern era or vintage. It's the best gun. She's also got a hot girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. Which is a great segue in and of itself, because we all agreed that Baroness version 1 from 1984, Oh Vaginal Void, you, is also a unanimous pick. You need to have this figure. Oh, I thought you were going to say Zorana. Darn. And, and why do we need Baroness? Because she's fantastic. Because she's the only Baroness released in the vintage line. That is worth owning. Uh, and also, the only Baroness released in the vintage line. Not to mince your words. If you have Destro, you gotta have Baroness. I mean, that's just thematics. Practicing the clarinet. <laughs> Those are the three figures that G.I. Joburg unanimously agree upon. Uh, there are a host of figures that uh, three of us are in agreement on, and they are as follows. In the Joe camp, it's Duke... And that's tan shirt Duke from Mail Away 83 and then Carded 84. You know the one. Scarlet, Swivel Arm Scarlet, is uh, a, a figure the three of us picked. As is Flint and Lady J. And then in the Cobra camp, three of us agreed that Storm Shadow 1984 was an essential figure. Three of us also agreed that Cobra Commander Battle Helmet version from 1983 the swivel arm version, is a must-have, as are the Eels, the 1986 Vipers, and the 1986 Battle Android Troopers. Any comments on those picks, gentlemen? In, in my opinion, you cannot have a G.I. Joe set without Duke. Love the character or hate the character, he is the quintessential G.I. Joe. I know that Hawk comes before him, and probably does, I don't know, but he is just... He is the G.I. Joe army man. Like, if I think of G.I. Joe um, and I need to show a stranger what G.I. Joe is, I often pull out Duke. Not my Duke, but the toy. Let's have a dissenting opinion then. Uh, Rob, Duke did not make your top 10 essential G.I. Joe list. What say you, sir? Yeah, I, I don't think he matters if you have Flint and Lady J. You know, as a power couple, they're much more interesting <laughs> to me. 
Duke is. And then you have the other couple of Snake Eyes and Scarlet. I mean, I think you have enough kind of named featured Joes with those four. I mean, why do you need to add, you know, old Grinnan, pedophile Duke? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Um, he is an early Franken-Joe, let's be honest. He borrows parts yeah. from Doc, from Major Blood, from Gung Ho. All of his accessories are uh, not original. Oh, wait. He, his binoculars are original. Ooh. Original, yeah. Wow. Wow. I, and they were used very well in episode three of Atlantis Factor. Check they it out. They were. How oh, nice. Kuja? I think you have to have Duke in the mix because he was the first opponent of Cobra, was he not? I mean, Hauser, that's a German name. You just have to put together who Cobra is. Yeah, I got to have him in there. And then why didn't I pick Scarlet? Well, I didn't pick Scarlet because I've never thought that she is a great looking toy. I know... <laughs> Steven has raved about her, and I definitely see the merit through Steven's eyes. And I do get the power couple thing. But for me, I just think she's got a really big head. And that has always deterred me from buying her, at least online. You know, that may change when I'm at JoeCon and I see one on the table, maybe with all of her gear and stuff. Then I'll feel a bit more inclined to buy the figure but it's not a toy that i go for on ebay especially when she like goes for like 30 or 40 dollars in some cases i'm like wow for like 40 dollars i could get not the best looking redhead figure or i could get four other toys (laughs) you know so that's kind of where i come from with scarlet yeah i'm not saying she's a shit figure i'm just saying she's not primo choice for paul if i'm not mistaken rob it was your first online figure purchase. Good old Shanna O'Hara. Mm. I believe so, yes. Absolutely. $12. Um, yeah, I think it was. It was she wasn't too terribly expensive when I got her. Not that I can remember offhand how much she was. But, yeah, I think she was the first thing I bought. And I'm just going to throw this in there. If Rob was doing his eBay purchase with Steven, I'm very sure that Steven found the one and only Scarlet on eBay that was complete for like $4. This was before eBay, my friend. This was uh, on a website called Amok Time. Oh, Amok Time, yeah. Mm. Like the Star Trek episode. Yes. Good reference. Mm. Who didn't choose a Viper? What the hell? (laughs) Well, actually, Kujo, you you gave us a rather truncated list. So I think Viper is pretty much a unanimous pick as well. Uh, Kujo just didn't speak to it. I don't see it. To me... I always thought if you got mirror face Cobra Commander, you don't need another mirror around. So instead mm-hmm. of Viper, I went Cobra Soldier because that's just a timeless look, uh, you know? Sure. It's a pretty rudimentary figure. I guess if uh, I was to address the prospective buyer out there listening to this, you either want your classic green versus blue kind of aesthetic, or you want to mix it up with figures that have perhaps superior construction, sculpt, and accessories. That said, the Dragonoff that comes with the Cobra Trooper is a beautiful sculpt. Mm. And, yeah, the jackbooted bad guy look, uh, you can't argue with that, even if it looks a little bit more rudimentary. I mean, let's face it, Curtis, the the head sculpt on those things are (laughs) pretty egg-like. Yeah. (laughs) It is. I think it... 
it 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 resonates nostalgically because for the first couple years in the toy line, it was just Cobra Officer, Cobra Soldier, and Cobra Commander. You know, so True. like it was just those guys against the good guys. If you were a bad guy, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Something to add to the Cobra Viper, which I don't think a lot of listeners have maybe considered, and I do apologize if I come across as SJW on this, but I'm not. Oh, That's not my intention. But the Cobra Viper could actually be any gender as well, which is kind mm. of cool because you don't, you know, the build is hidden underneath the armor, underneath its uh, flak jacket and everything. And, you know, your Cobra Vipers could be a mix of men and women. They could also be any ethnicity, you know, which is cool. Uh, the arms are exposed, man. <laughs> Those are Caucasian arms. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, sorry. But I, I mean, there's nothing like a little little dab of paint couldn't fix if you were into getting your army looking a little bit more diverse. Sure, I do take that point about the the genders though. That's brilliant. That, well, that's what made me choose that over a Cobra Trooper, for example, and the fact that Cobra Troopers do look a little derpy. <laughs> you were mentioning uh, filling out the Cobra ranks. We all like Silverface. Maybe somebody likes the hood out there. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that would be Rob. A one dissenting <laughs> vote on which version of Cobra Commander to buy. Three of us went with Battle Helmets. Rob went with Pac-Man Ghost. Well, the, the more commonly known look for him from the comic books and basically from anything else. I mean, yes, the other one is maybe more practical, but like character-wise and like interest-wise for like a, a more villainous-looking guy... I think the the hood definitely works better for that. Hmm. Like it's more conic, I think, than than kind of like the well, the silver plate. I mean, yes, I personally prefer, I think, the the silver plate, but like that's the version that people would know. I think hmm. more. Something that almost um, took me over to choosing hooded Cobra Commander was that Cobra is very cult-like in its uh, organization, and the hooded Cobra Commander always to me represents a cult leader it's always had that feel for me and i've always loved that but i just feel that in in toy form i feel that the the chrome faced cobra commander just feels like a better toy for me and always has and it's sad that i still don't own one but i do own that chrome face in many other iterations obviously it doesn't matter because we're talking vintage only but i also have always enjoyed the philosophy behind the chrome face of the fact that you know cobra commander reflects you um he is you and that is kind of what drives a lot of the philosophy of cobra is that cobra is just you rebelling against the government um and using you as the face of your own enemy and i've always enjoyed that and i feel that that to me makes him more iconic it also for me uh from an artistic point of view if this matters to you, but I find that if you wanted to make a t-shirt with the old chrome face, it's um, it's a lot more characteristic, in my opinion, it's a lot more characteristic of Cobra Commander, uh, whereas if you just had a t-shirt with the hood on it, people might think that you were perhaps doing a Cobra Commander Pac-Man Ghost, possibly. Um, <laughs> Steven actually nailed it there with that imagery. So I hope that that doesn't necessarily put you off the hooded version, but the chrome version... I think uh, there's a reason three of us chose him. To clarify, though, yeah. there's no actual chrome. It's just silver paint. Of course, but, yes. Yeah, the, the the implication is clear. I don't know. Yeah, now, I'm, now I'm swinging to and fro in my opinion because the deeper shade of blue on the hooded Cobra Commander is damn cool. 
it's beautiful. pretty. It photographs better. And let's not lose sight of the fact that it being a 1982 head sculpt, the battle helmet does suffer from some weird proportioning. It's got a very sloped beak, if uh, if I can call it that. It's getting cold in here, guys. But you got to get a Cobra Commander, and it's got to be one of those two, I think is, is the point I'm trying to make. There were cool Cobra Commanders released in the 90s, but... Once again, I'm going to make the same argument I made with Snake Eyes version 2. If you get one of these early Cobra Commanders, just the kind of... The mystique of it will not leave you wanting. One of these early Cobra Commanders is all the Cobra Commander you're likely to need if you're looking for a nostalgia kick. And since this is our O-Ring episode, surprise, surprise, chances are you are looking for that nostalgia kick. And, uh, yeah, those guys deliver a very hard kick. How do people... (laughs) Weigh in on Major Blood. How many lists did he make? Not mine. Zero. None of the lists. He's on my wild card. He's on my second five. Sneaky We don't have to stop on that. For, for myself, at least, I chose the ones that I thought were, were the most iconic. The kind of, like, top Cobra dudes. And he was definitely one of my first choices. But I, I, I kind of... I was vacillating between him and Firefly. Like, I was like, oh, I can't have both. I need mm-hmm. to have more... Good I need to have some more general troops on there as well. Because I was like, you know, you have about five main characters, and then you have a selection of troops, that kind of, you know, personnel. And, yeah, I just... Yeah, he just didn't make my cut. I I, I still recommend him. And um, Scrap... Scrap... Scrap Metal? Scrap Iron? Scrap Iron. <laughs> the one at the, the launcher. Yeah. He's pretty awesome. Scrap Iron made my list... But the one pick that I'm also kind of curious about is, did Wild Weasel find his way on? Because you're talking iconic, iconic looks. That 80s flight helmet, everybody remembers that look, and only Wild Weasel had it. He didn't make it on my list, but I'll reveal why later. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All right, so my deepest cut on my second five, you know, because Dr. Mindbender is such an important character, but... You're talking about, like, gender bending. I still think Cobra Interrogator is one of the most interesting characters in the Cobra Force. Like, there's so much mystery, and his file card speaks to that synthetic baritone voice. I don't Mm. know, man. I want to see more of that. Hmm. Nice. Tasty figure. And if you're a newbie Joe collector, you might not be aware of it. But, yes, the... Interrogator came, strangely enough, with a battlecopter in the 90s. But let that not deter you from the fact that it is is a fantastic figure. With, as Kujo mentions, a very interesting story that could have played out a little bit more vividly. A lot of potential, none of it used. What else have we got that matches on our list, Steve? Well, uh, it's down to a case of either two of us matching up or them being unique picks <laughs> you know what priority's sake let's go let's see who 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 has two you know let's see where the twos match up that okay I'd... well uh curtis and myself both think that stalker the original ranger but the swivel arm version i'm gonna specify just because gotta have it yeah you gotta have it more possibility please uh that is a sweet figure and an important figure he was, in many respects, portrayed in particularly the comic books as G.I. Joe's conscience. He was an intellectual mm. soldier. 
he was an enlisted man and one of the boys, but had command responsibilities. Yeah, no, he's he's an essential character, and I'd say that figure is his best look because it is the most pliable. Paul, however, diverges, and he goes with mm. the Tundra Ranger version of Stalker, which came out in 1989. Fantastic figure because of so many accessories, but I'm going to challenge you, Paul, and just say I've battled to integrate him in any other setting other than a cold-weather environment. And I don't want to go into that too far. You said the best part about him in my opinion, is the accessories. That is why he's on my list. Um, I feel that if you've never bought G.I. Joe's before, one of these picks should be an accessory bomb, and Stalker version 2 is definitely one of those. He was also my first introduction to Stalker, so perhaps there's a very personal connection to this toy, and that is how I know Stalker. Perhaps, maybe I'm a little bit arrogant here, but perhaps that's how I want our listeners, if you've never bought G.I. Joe before, that's how I want you to experience Stalker, is I did, version 2 with all of his gear. Yes, uh, I can agree that he's difficult to integrate. I know the white jacket definitely makes him maybe not the best camouflage specialist. But uh, I don't know, as a kid, my mind always managed to get around that, and I've always just dug that look. It's a purely subjective thing. I, I can't even argue on on any objectivity other than the fact that i agree with steven on the accessories well bro uh, as a kid i managed to lose him in the grass and that's when the lawnmower took him got him. so you know white jacket be damned he he's still got some camo on him yeah, those, those sexy pants the great windmill in the sky lady J. I'm sure Lady I heard you J. say Lady J. Yeah, no, no, she's a she's a, a triple threat. Both Rob, Paul, and Steve think that Lady J is an essential for your collection. Need we ask why? Uh, another female, and one that she... is as prominent as she was on the Sunbow cartoon, which many of you out there know and love, uh, for all the right reasons. That being nostalgia, <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> because it's it's critically acclaimed and holds up to intellectual scrutiny now, but uh, I, I'm sure we can all agree, watching Sunbow cartoon episodes, it's a guilty pleasure. you got to leave that stuff playing in the background while you have your Joes decked out on a Saturday morning. Just feel like a kid again. Booyah. Plus, I think she's definitely one of the most attractive uh, female sculpts in the line. Her buttons are right where her nipples should be. Oh, well. <laughs> that has got to be intentional. I'm sure it is, based on Ron Rudat's very brief appearance on the toys that made us. <laughs> She's sexy. <laughs> oh, She's I sexy. unbuttoned her blouse just a little bit. <laughs> that guy's a legend. Incidentally, uh, a very tall figure. I hadn't realized this until it was. Uh, I was alerted to it on FormBX257's channel on YouTube. But she's taller than Flint. She's a tall action figure. And uh, I'm sure Flint has appeared on more than one of our lists. Correct. Yeah, Rob, Paul, and Steve all agree. Flint is a must-have. Great character. A lot of character in that character. And yes, mm. Lady J's paramour. All the swagger. Plus, there was that one issue when she decked him in the face. I mean, come on. It's a, Love a woman like that. It's a roller coaster, their relationship, as it should be. Cool. And then, Cobra, am I the only one who's got Zartan on my list? Because I'm sure Steve has to have a Zartan on his list. Zartan possesses the second coolest uh, pistol ever created in the vintage or one era line. Yeah, he's a figure full of features. I mean, he was the must-have figure that I was trying to track down, I think, in my first year of Varsity. 
as a result, I think all my passwords at that stage were Zartan or various permutations of Zartan. Yeah, that'd be interesting information to have had 20 years ago. Ten, yeah. I'm sure you haven't changed these MySpace page. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, need I list them? The, the color changing uh, is one thing. The fact that he had removable armor portions is another. The fact that those had color changing effects. The removable mask, the backpack that opened, it just seemed like there was a lot of play value incorporated into an early G.I. Joe figure, which was unusual. Because mm. he was side by side with figures that were single carded and just came with a gun. And also the design and the mystique of the character. Once again, I urge you to watch The Atlantis Factor Part 3 because Zartan is the antagonist of that episode and that is how I like to present Zartan as a kind of a mystical, uh, creepy uh, swamp creature, for lack of a better word. He doesn't have a lot to say. He is murderous and cackling and methodical and sneaky and uh, bloodthirsty. Need I say more? Watch our show! Yeah, he's Zartan. That's why you should have him. Yep. <laughs> if those reasons haven't swayed you over, you need Zartan in your collection. No, bar none. Another one, uh, for me at least, uh, this is quite a, a strong uh, choice for me, is Storm Shadow. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for this. The most obvious being that he is Snake Eyes' foil. So... It feels kind of weird to own Snake Eyes without Storm Shadow, the same way it feels weird to own just Megatron without Optimus Prime. These two figures need to be in your life. Even if you're not a G.I. Joe collector and you're just somebody who really loves collecting retro 80s vintage figures or retro 80s pop culture, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes definitely need to be in your collection and definitely in this representation of them. Version 2 Snake Eyes and version 1 of Storm Shadow. Plus, I love Storm Shadow's gear. I cannot believe the went into this figure uh, for its time. It definitely stood out as one of the most technical figures of its age. You know, being able to stash its nunchaku, the sword and the bow in his backpack. It was great. Fantastic toy. If there is something that you're going to have to look out for when you buy him is just like a diamond he has different levels of clarity. They range from brown to pure white. Pure white, you might not even find in mint and box uh, specimens, so that is something to consider. Another thing, and this is only because my Storm Shadow's crotch is broken, uh, you might want to look into buying a replacement crotch, and you may want to actually concede in a purchase where you see him with a broken crotch for a good price, get him, and then perhaps maybe look at getting a black major replacement Storm Shadow or 84 Storm Shadow crotch because that's the one flaw with this figure for some reason his crotch breaks so are you trying to tell something paul yeah storm shadow gets around <laughs> but yeah he's a great toy uh perhaps not the most outstanding sculpt in the line but beautiful toy and beautiful character to own too sure can't add anything to that there are relatively few um multiply held picks left i'll just go through them very briefly uh, and if you guys want to go back on any of them, we can. But in the Joe camp, both Paul and Steve nominate Shipwreck, and both Paul and Steve nominate Snowjob. Yeah. Rob and Paul have uh, a, a strong inclination towards Rock and Roll version 2. Uh, Rob and Paul also dig Doc. Oh, yeah. is cool. Then moving over to the Cobra side of the fence, Rob and Steve like Firefly. Uh, Rob and Steve also like 
nothing else. Um, uh, <laughs> Stephen Paul loves some CGs, and that's it for our, our double picks. Boom. Uh, I can speak on Doc. He's also on my list. That figure, for some reason, I mean, you always want people that are kind of like aggressive and attacking, but I remember playing with Doc a lot because he brought gravity to violence. You know, he uh, he was the guy that had to patch people up while people are dropping exposition. You know what I mean? And yeah. what a great colored character. I mean, the tan on the brown with the green specks, and I want to say a red accent too. That's a beautiful figure, guys. He he's he's got to be in there. I agree, and if I can just add two things to that as well, the toy has such swagger. Okay, I just used the word swagger on an episode, sorry. But mm-hmm. I've always dug the character in the show, in you know, in the comic book, and you know, with his few appearances. But you... they had to make him in the cartoon at least into like the GI Joe science guy, because yeah. let's face it, man, no one, no one wound up needing serious medical, medical attention. care yeah. Yeah, exactly exactly but Ugh. the cool thing is when this figure magically finds its way into your collection as it did in mine uh because i got it with uh it came with a bunch of stuff that came along with my pterodrome see the pterodrome unboxing it was the one figure i couldn't take my hands off like i really enjoyed doc i think he has such swagger he is so cool for a toy it's just i don't know he's just He's pimping. He's cool. I I think when they made that toy, they just injected like swag into the plastic because it just it it it, it exudes swag when you have it in person. I think for that reason, it's worth owning. I also find him to be the more serious doctor, if that makes sense. So like in your GI Joe collect, collection, Lifeline is cool. Um, he's your paramedic type and he's loud and red and but. Doc just has like a wisdom to him, and and you could play that toy in in a lot of different ways. You know, uh, you know, like you guys mentioned, you know, he's uh, courage on the fire, that kind of guy. You know, when things are going bad, when people are losing their shit, that's why I think he should be in your collection, so that you can keep the level here. Yeah, if I may be the dissenting opinion, uh, if you are putting together a short list of figures that are must-haves. And this is a soldier adventure action toy line. Oh, I forgot he comes yeah, with man. a stretcher. No yeah. one's no one's playing. Well, yeah, okay, fine. No one wants to really have to play out the triage. No, that's true. But if you want a stretcher, hey. you've got to get yourself a dock. That's the only way you're gonna you're gonna like ship your your shot your injured goes off the battlefield. Correction: so. No one wants to play a triage except Curtis, because as you say, exposition. While uh, intravenouses are, are going on, <laughs> that's that's your style, huh? You're you're never too far from the chemicals. <laughs> Even as a child. Um, oh, Steve, God. is that uh, all of the similarities? Uh, correct. Well, but we can speak to other things. I mean, uh, Crimson Cards. Nobody picked up Jinx on the good guy team. Negatory. No. Why was she one of your dark horses? Well, I like to create triangles, you know, so I mean, like, if you have Jinx, then you might have a romantic interest for Storm Shadow or, you know, another martial artist. Um, well, Falcon. <laughs> uh, Falcon, I did, I did, he's not on my list. My, my other good guys, I like Hit and Run as an infantry. I mean, mm. it's just a, yeah, I mean, it speaks for itself. Uh, I also HTC think... He's going to give us so much shit. Nobody's got Hit and Run on their list. <laughs> that's He's on mine also... Steer oh, Brigade, goodness. just because people can 
interject, you know, their own personal stuff into uh, Steel Brigade. Nobody else picked Roadblock. I did. He's the heavy weapons guy for me, so... And we're talking about version yeah. one, which has those mm. weird gangly arms. And that <laughs> but, face. But, well, hear me out. You mm. want that face, because that face... I mean, there's a Ving Rhames resemblance there that you just cannot deny. It's Marcellus yeah. fucking Wallace, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Sam's he's also... He's also the de facto roadblock. I mean, that's how he's often portrayed in comics and the cartoons, so... But the figure never quite lived up to that. Fortunately, it got corrected in the modern era where they gave him the stature he deserves and the, mm. just the, the mass that he deserves. But that early figure, yeah, it comes with the Marduce, the, the tripod, the backpack with the removable ammo box, the helmet. Uh, every other roadblock kind of cheats you on one or other of those essentials so if there's mm. a roadblock if you're a fan of roadblock and there are many of you out there and you're a fan of maybe the show or the comic book appearances you know roadblock got great exposure in both that's the figure you want simple you said cgs earlier uh, crimson gods yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, in lieu in lieu of having the dichotomy of Cobra Trooper and Cobra Officer, to have the Vipers and the Crimson Gods, that's a very handsome replacement or update. And I like the look of them and I like their presentation in G.I. Joe Media. You've got the, the, the grunts and you've got the, the dress soldiers who are officers, uh, spies, uh, oh, yeah. you know, desk drivers. So you can establish the same kind of hierarchy that you would have with the, the, the two tiers of blue shirts. But they're just superior figures. You can't deny that the Crimson Guard is a immaculate action figure. Such a cool toy. True. Well worth your coin. And the only toy on this list that I do not currently possess. Oh, uh, it's no. burning a hole in me now. It is. It's it's definitely a joke on purchase for me. For for myself personally and for Robert, uh, that 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 hole might be being filled at some stage. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> wow. Wow. Fill my CCD hole. Well, I I just don't have any. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that, dude. Should we do a quick round robin of our figure lists before we go onto the vehicles quickly? Just so that there's clarity for listeners like Dan Samansky, who is taking the time to pause and copy our yeah, list. Yeah, absolutely. If anyone's keeping score, let's do it. Crack it open, Robbie. Yeah, let's um, yeah, let's mention the ones that we've said before and then hit into our unique ones. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, you can go first, Rob. <laughs> oh my God, guys, forcing me to go first. Okay, cool. So previously mentioned Joes that I think are important for you to own are Snake Eyes and Scarlet, version 2 and version 1.5, so that's 85 and 83. Flint and Lady J, both from 85. Rock and Roll version 2 from 89, and Doc from 83. So my ones that weren't mentioned, Joe's wise, I think the ultimate uh, airborne crew is Airborne, <laughs> version 1 from 83, and Wild Bull, 81, version 3. <laughs> I meant... <laughs> Version 1 from 83. I think, like, if you're going to have choppers or whatever, you need these guys to be in there. And Wild Bill is just such a unique character, I think. You know, you need him in there. Oh. Another, 
another unique character is Gang Ho. I'm from 83. I was like, you need some sort of grenadier. And everyone knows him. I think, you know, if you think of Jai Joe, he's also one of those guys that you that you remember. And he's also a unique looking character. And he kind of rounds out the team that I was kind of going for. And the final Joe I think everyone needs. And I think if you are a long-time listener, you'll 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 all be able to say it together. Here it comes, folks. Here it comes, people. Everyone, everyone knows who I think you have to own. And if you don't have him, shame on you. You need him in there. So everyone, uh, we're all gonna say it together. Three, two, one, go. Scoop, scoop, scoop. Mm. Yep, scoop. Absolutely. You need him in there. He's the best character. His sculpt is bar none, incredible. Like, it, it doesn't get better. And he's one of the only characters that has curly hair. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I love curly hair. Probably because I have straight hair and I've always wanted curly hair. And he comes with a camera. Awesome. Okay, so my Cobras, previously mentioned, were Destro from 83, Baroness from 84, Firefly, 84, Storm Shadow from 84, Vipers from 86, Eels from 85, Version 1 Bats from 86, and uh, Cobra Commander version 2 with the hood, which is much better than with the uh, the helmet. My final two, which were not mentioned and were my own special choices, are ones that I feel kind of round out the uniqueness, once again, of what Cobra is. The kind of like the more weird looking ones or the ones that are like interesting and also technically round out your your collection's kind of like specialties. Um, so there's Frag Viper. So, you know, you've got Gung Ho. You need to have Frag Viper from 89 because he looks freaking crazy. And his accessories <laughs> are pretty cool, too. Um, Caramel Viper. Yeah, he's fantastic. And that, that weird helmet of his, it's just so interesting, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, and to have that, you know. And my final figure is Techno Viper from 87, the uh, the purple man. <laughs> Um, I think I originally thought Tele Viper, but I was like, nah, those guys just yeah. look too, you know, too average. Techno Vipers are also, once again, insane looking, and they're a technical dude. I mean, that's in the name. They're like the scoop of Cobra. The quality purchase as well because of the accessories. Yeah, exactly. I mean, once again, you're getting something very different. You're not getting a guy with more guns. You're getting, you know, like a guy who can... Fix your guns. <laughs> Paul. Uh, I'll, I'll take the torch shot, dude. Okay, so uh, just quickly, the main uh, sort of emphasis behind my collection or my choices is because I am a fan of the Sunbow animated series, and it has done a lot to define my tastes in G.I. Joe. So right off the bat, the first thing I think you definitely need to do is get um, the G.I. Joe animated series box sets to really cement this list into you. Um, but if you're paying attention, G.I. Joes are as follows. Snake Eyes version 2, Duke version 1, the original uh, original version 1 shipwreck because he's in Sunbow and he's one of the stars of the show and it's shipwreck. He's a great toy and he's got a great accessory. He's got fun accessories. Stalker version 2, as mentioned earlier, and for his accessories and because Paul has a nostalgic kick there. Rock and Roll version 2, <sighs> Secret shame. I am not a big fan of green shirt rock and roll, but I love the character too much to not have him on my list. And those guns are rocking. 
they are a fun accessory. I love his shotgun. I love that it uh, sits on his leg, but be careful because it breaks the pins. Uh, Snowjob because he's one of my favorite Joes. A little bit later, I'll reveal a, a vehicle that you should own, and that vehicle without Snowjob, in my opinion, is like rum without Coke. So you definitely need to own a snow job. And you need some dude that you can send out on Arctic missions, seeing as Cobra's always doing shit in the, in Antarctica or the Arctic or wherever that it's called. Flint, Steve mentioned before, Flint has a lot of character. He's a great character to own in your set. Fantastic toy, cool shotgun, and looks good next to Lady J. The next one is Beachhead. I haven't heard anybody with a Beachhead in. I love Beachhead. It's the Sunbow thing. I think he's such a great character. And as somebody who is in a position where I instruct others, I find that I can relate to Beachhead's frustration in Sunbow, in the Sunbow show. And I I dig him. I, I dig that he's kind of a, a weird wild man. Uh, Doc, as mentioned before, all of the swagger. Lady J, not just because she's the most attractive female Joe, but she also happens to be one of Paul's favorite ladies in G.I. Joe. And such a cool toy. I mean, you can have her doing missions with Flint and you can have a, you know, you can have a bickering with Flint and it just adds to the dynamic. You definitely need a girl in the mix to shake things up uh, but when you have too much of a sausage fest. I'm going to throw in my oddballs quickly. Storm Shadow version 2, because it's the coolest Storm Shadow. Um, well, yes. Uh, mm. Mercer, because you need that character. Lifeline, yeah, I know. I did say Doc is the more mature one, but Lifeline has such fantastic accessories and is also a figure that will surprisingly sneak up into your heart. Uh, it's it's not something that you might feel inclined to purchase right now, but when you get it, you'll be glad that you did. Uh, Chuckles, there's no other Joe in the line like Chuckles. And you know what? This is a, a choice that's motivated by... Um, modern era G.I. Joe, as in the comic books. Chuckles has definitely been elevated in terms of his character, and Jetpack Hawk because I'm Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Cobra, Helmeted Cobra Commander, boom. Destro version 1, boom, for all the reasons we said before. Storm Shadow, for all the reasons we said before. Zartan, because he's Zartan. Uh, The Baroness, there's no other vintage Baroness, and you need her in your life. And she looks good next to Destro. The twins, huh? Paul's being sneaky. Two figures for the price of one. (laughs) Zaymelt and Tomax are cool toys. Uh, They have a hokey feature, but uh, the sculpt on them is great. And it is good to have somebody to boss the Crimson Gods around. Which brings me to the Crimson Gods. For everything that Steven said earlier, that's why you should own the toy. And we're not the only ones who think so, because the prices on them are pretty high. Uh, A Battle Android Trooper. Uh, you can't go wrong with the bats. All the value for money and all of the play value. Bats just offer so much uh, to a collector, and they just look great. Eels, also a difficult figure to get uh, complete, primarily with his face mask, the rebreather, but fantastic sculpt. If you need to know why, or listen to our G.I. Joburg episodes, and you'll know why we love the eels. Eels are cool. Um, my oddball for Cobra, a Night Creeper, because you need Ninja Lackeys for Storm Shadow to kick around, but they need to have a little bit more oomph, because they're not necessarily Storm Shadow's friends either. Rock Viper, that's Snort, that's Stash. No, not just. He's got a great feature, great value for money figure. Please note, though, there are European versions of him that do not have the climbing gear, 
So when you do purchase it, do look out for the climbing gear as opposed to the missile firing action version, which is boo. Uh, a target. I don't know what you would use a target for in your play. Um, in your playtime, I, I can't <laughs> tell you why a target would be like outstanding. So ten figures? Yeah, no, this is just yeah, no, no. This, these are my oddballs. Yeah, Paul, <laughs> I think I think you're you're famous for uh, exceeding the ambit of the topic. It was supposed am, to be a list of ten. Now these are not just oddballs; they're your honourable mentions, which uh, we, I'm sure could go on for another twenty minutes. No, no, there's only like there's only three more. Okay, <laughs> a night viper. Not quite classic enough for your top 10 list, but worth owning. Alley Vipers, also not everybody's favorite thing. That's why it's here. And Snow Serpents, because Snow Serpents. Also not quite classic enough for the top 10, but they're there. Anyway, that's me. <laughs> nice. Hope you've been taking notes. Always put Paul last. Always put Paul last. <laughs> I've taken note of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spoke most of mine already. I mean, for me, you got to go mirror face Cobra Commander with the swivel arm. Did a figure ever fit better waist into crotch? That's such a smooth fit, guys. Um, <laughs> and the fact that's what oh, he said. <laughs> and and also just to kind of beef up that version of Cobra Commander, when Hama created him, he was thinking about uh, George. Uh, is it Orwell? Oh yeah. Um, what 1984? Big Brother. No, no, no. I'm. So, he was. Uh, no, he was thinking of who? Who did Citizen Kane? Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yes, thank you, brother. Leave it to yeah. the theater. No, he was thinking of Orson Welles, and when you put that lens on Cobra Commander, ooh, that character is so good. So you gotta have him. Gotta have Destro, because who's gonna who's gonna buy all the weapons, or who's gonna make Come them? On, hold on. You you can't you can't drop a, a tasty hint like that and not uh, expand upon it. Palmer was channeling Orson Welles when he concocted Cobra Commander. Where did you get that privileged information from? I've actually read that somewhere as well. Um, I want to say it was in that insightful interview by uh, Tricky Kid. I could, I've, I've heard a lot of interviews though, so I could be slipping. Yeah, he did it. He did it after the character, I think, in Citizen Kane. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, gotta have Destro. Gotta have Baroness. For me, you gotta have Interrogator. I agree with you. You got to pick either Firefly or Blood. I got to go Firefly, even though I I do think Blood's a better character. And of course, you got to have Storm Shadow. I, I forget anybody else in my top five. Doesn't matter. The good guys, I think the ones that stand out are a standout from the pack are Jinx, Hit and Run, Steel Brigade, uh, and of course we talked of Doc. Uh, but everybody else is the usual suspects. I think you got to have Scarlet just because of the uh, implied history with the other figures. No, she's got a big head. Carry on. I know, I know. She's got a derringer, bro. Yeah. Which looks uh, smaller next it. to her big head. Carry on. No, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just causing cock. <laughs> always, always, and you can't keep it down to a ten-figure list either. <laughs> yeah, well, always, I got excited. Always. I mean, I got. Of course. So I, I hope our listeners understand the trouble I go through when I actually do build up the courage to go onto eBay to buy figures. I mean, this is the struggle. The struggle is real. I go onto eBay thinking, I'm going to buy two figures, and then I walk away with four. So many pretty lights. I'm sure everyone listening to this can uh, tell a similar story. But listeners, if you want to be disciplined, this is the 10 Joe and 10 Cobra list that you want. Okay?
Here it comes. Because Steve said so. (laughs) Steve says so. In the G.I. Joe camp, Snake Eyes version 2, 1985. Stalker, swivel arm version 1.5 from 1983. Duke from 1983 to 84. Hawk version 2 from 1986. It's a fantastic figure. And also the first figure. As a big green helmet. This is the first figure that I ever sought out after the miracle of the internet. Scarlet, Rob's first figure that he sought out after the miracle of the internet. Hmm. Flint, 1985. Lady J, 1985. Roadblock version 1, 1984. I had Gung Ho on this list, but then he was supplanted by, and Paul Panfalone, you're going to like this one, Rick Even if the character didn't get as much exposure, you won't regret owning this figure if you like good toys. It's a great one. Jeez, that's so run DMC. Sorry, carry on. In the 10th slot, I was going to do this silly environmental rotating spot because if you're like me and you like playing with your toys, if you happen to live in the snow, you'll want snow job. If you happen to live near the beach, you'll want torpedo or shipwreck. If you happen to live in a more arid environment, Dusty's your man. But instead, I'm just going to go with Dusty because no one looks better riding the tomahawk. He edges out hit and run for me as the best camo wearing action figure. His proportions are bang on. The helmet is so sweet. The face is so full of character and yet is completely neutral, calm, collected, professional soldier. The camo is great. He has soft goods incorporated. He has a low accessory count, but do not let that fool you. They are fantastically good accessories. And boy, oh boy, if you have trouble locating a Dusty with the bipod on his FAMAS... Don't worry, because Marauder's bipod fits just fine. So use that as leverage to get a cheaper Dusty. But Dusty is... Look, my list comes out of having sought these figures out in the not-too-distant past when I was still buying toys and then playing with them. These are toys that presented themselves to me and my immediate friends, like Alistair and Rob, as the best toys to play with. We just kept gravitating towards these action figures because they were so good. You know, you buy everything thinking, "Mm, okay, maybe I'll like Beachhead, maybe I'll like Chuckles. Those guys kind of get relegated to the background in favor of figures like Dusty. Boy, oh boy, he was point man on every single one of Alistair's adventures. Until Power Team Elite, and then Alistair became lost in that quagmire of posable wrists. Moving on to the Cobra list. Cobra List starts out with, uh, you had to, a ba- uh, Swivel Arm Battle Helmet CC from 1983, Destro Version 1, 83, The Baroness, 84, Zartan, 84, The Viper from 86, Crimson God from 85, Eels from 85, Battle Android Trooper from 86, Firefly from 84, and Storm Shadow Version 1 from 1984. Collect them all. <laughs> <laughs> You got no interchangeable, um, you know, climate-based uh, uh, cobras there. Like, no, because no cobra. Uh, look, within the, the the viper ranks, you can kind of pretend that they're uh, ready for the colder environments. I mean, the obvious choice is snow serpents. He's a perfect figure, but there ain't no snow in South Africa, so he just sits mm. on the shelf and kind of tools around with the cobra wolf doing nothing. Yeah, that's why he was relegated to my oddball. 
it this. is environmentally specific. If you have mm. colder climes, by all means, go for it. You can't get a better snowbound figure than the Ice Viper. Oh, sorry. Oh, Freudian slip. Than a snow serpent. But the Ice Viper is pretty damn terrific as well. Don't let Blizzard's hair hear that. <laughs> uh, which brings us to uh, Steve's um, favorite thing in G.I. Joe. Vehicles! Oh, yeah. Are we ready, gents? I'm ready. Kujo, I didn't get a list. I didn't get a list from you on this one. I was gonna play Peanut Gallery. Yeah, good man. In that case, uh, if there have been three votes for a vehicle, it is taken as unanimous, and that means only two vehicles produced in the years 1982 to 1994 are unanimously held by GI Joe mm. And the first of that is a GI Joe vehicle. It is none other than the Tomahawk from 1986. Mm-hmm. And the second is the Cobra Moray Hydrofoil from 1985. Oh, that's for Cobra. Are there two more perfect vehicles ever produced, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever? No. Yeah, man. <laughs> I've always <laughs> said the Moray is kind of like the Tomahawk, but for Cobra. It like offers the same awesomeness that the Tomahawk offers for G.I. Joe, the Moray offers for Cobra. And maybe so. that your words were repeating in the back of our heads when uh, we compiled our lists <laughs> in isolation of each other because we were like, yeah, okay, so the Tomahawk is like essentially the corollary of the Moray and vice versa, so got to have them both. But yeah, it goes without saying, they're fantastic toys and worthy additions. Even if they cost you dear, if you are starting a a modest G.I. Joe collection, they are worth saving up for because they will not disappoint. Do you want to add anything to that, Robbie? They are they are they're amazing. Um and I hope you get a tomahawk with uh with good rotor blades that aren't super bent or or look weird. <laughs> I saw this picture where someone had drawn it. Like he'd drawn it with the really droopy like <laughs> rotor blades. And I was like, Yeah, that's how most people remember it. Droopy rotor blades. I'm convinced that's that's the result of poor storage. I don't think they droop on their own accord, unless you're in a really hot environment. Yeah, no, for sure. Like gravity and and like yeah, the heat would kind of draw them down. Um, but I think yeah, hopefully in general you'll find them with a good rotor blade and all of them. I mean, how many are there? There are ten, aren't there? Five on each spool, each thing. (laughs) Hub. And the and the fantastic i mean it's it's just such a cool boat and really the only proper boat and i think in the whole line you know like gi joe and cobra like there's nothing else that's like a boat boat shark 9000 <laughs> it's a motherfucking boat shark 9000 that, that's like a dual hull weird thing yeah look it no. is a cigarette boat the moray <laughs> and it is a sexy cigarette boat designed by ron rudetz yeah, he really he really knocked it out of the park with that one. It's beautiful. Yeah, he's, he well, yeah he he took the top button off that one too. <laughs> most most of the sexy is that snake logo, right? I mean the art mm-hmm. department. It's fantastic. Yeah, the, it adds uh, something really cool to it. <laughs> if you're looking to play with these vehicles, um, they offer tremendous play value, um, and I don't think I really have to go into too much there, but. 
Tomahawk has great features like the winch. It's got um, those seats, which, you, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're removable. And yes. they've got uh, peg uh, back peg holes for vintage Joes, so your Joes can sit in there quite snugly. The actual construction of the vehicle is superb, and it has great detail. It also has, although it's not really a feature, Hasbro did see fit to mold quite a lot of engine detail. Oh, it's a feature. Is it? Because it's like pretty hard to pry those those panels off on the vintage Tomahawk. Um, I'm actually too scared. To, I would never do it to your Tomahawk, for example, for fear of breaking the pins or the tabs. But it is there, and, and it's great to know that that detail is in the inside. Definitely worth owning for that. Uh, the Moray doesn't quite share the same in, in in that regard, but it does have a lot of visible detail. It's got a lot of um, great molding. Oh, poor, poor brother. The Moray has a removable engine panel as well, revealing... That's true. A two-piece, three, four-piece, five-piece engine. Yeah. Twelve. You know, it's got those exhaust components coming out of it. Yeah, man, it's all there, bro. It's fantastic. No, no, it is. It's just, it's not like what I consider a hidden feature. It's very much part of its feature. But then, what the Moray does to make up for that in a weird way—not that it has to make up for that, because it's just a great thing to have. It's got those depth chargers. You can pry up the floorboards to smuggle yes. weapons down there. Hey, there are hidden depth. features to the Moray. Don't yeah. don't lose sight of that, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a toy that will surprise you. You think you know what a Moray does, but when you have one in front of you, it will surprise you with all the cool shit that it can do. It's definitely worth your money. Thankfully, I have a searchlight on mine, uh, but it is a repro searchlight. Nobody cares. I don't. I think it's great that it's there. So if you find them without the searchlights, have faith in the fact that there are people that sell repro searchlights. And just be very careful when you're online because people like to sell that searchlight lens for ridiculous prices. So that's definitely something you want to keep an eye out for. Also, this is hit or miss. You can't really tell when you're buying one of these on eBay. But the big bombs on the side, or the big torpedoes, should I say, you cannot tell from eBay if those are going to be loose or not. If they are loose, you have the added bonus of them falling off every time you try to move it around somewhere, or if somebody closes your door too hard or whatever. Or if you dare take them out to the beach for a play. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're, they're definitely... That's a punt for Atlantis Factor Part 2. If you haven't seen it, guys, <laughs> check it out. Oh, it's wow. awesome. A nice solution, something that I've done. If you use a little bit of clear cellophane tape or clear tape, I don't know what the brand is in the States and whatever. But if you just use that and maybe layer one or two layers of that underneath the little notch for the bomb, it tends to hold it into place quite tight. But I don't like to put stuff with adhesives onto my Joe figures for too long because I often wor- worry that the adhesive, maybe there's an acidic quality that reacts with the plastic badly and whatever. So it is something that you can do temporarily if, for example, you wanted to take it out to the beach or the dam or your swimming pool or whatever and you don't want to drop the bombs. Anyway, there we go. Sorry. More said about the Moray than should be said because it's the Moray. So were there any um, vehicles where two of us agreed? Affirmative. Or, oh, um, Kujo, um, did you have anything to say about the, the Tomahawk and the Moray? How cool they are? I do not. He hates wow. them. They're not even on his list. He's like, you guys and your Tomahawk <laughs> and Moray love are fucked in your head. <laughs> no, I like them. I just, I'm excited to hear the next vehicles. Ooh. Me too. Okay, so uh, more overlap, Stephen. Yeah, look, the Tomahawk and Moray, they're high. 
high-demand items, and they're most likely going to set you back a little bit. Something a little bit more affordable that G.I. Joburg recommends very highly is the very humble but very cool Vamp that Paul and I both agree upon, mm-hmm. or the Cobra version, the Stinger, which Rob uh, fancied in his top five vehicles. The Stinger. Yeah, I think it's a version to the Vamp, and it's cool because it's Cobra. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the classic Jeep. It's it's a funny situation there because if you're buying them, the G.I. Joe fan in you might want the authenticity of having it as a G.I. Joe vehicle and may want to shrug off the Cobra version. But yeah. the incentive the incentive to the Stinger is that it has got the roof and the rocket pod. But, and if you want to go down this route, and I was very well behaved. I didn't put any Tiger Force vehicles on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but the Tiger Sting does have everything that the Cobra Stinger has, just in Tiger flavor. Yeah, but but it doesn't have an ER. Sorry, Paul. Oh. All I'm going to say about that uh, that construction, that vehicle, oh. is that there are many Jeeps in the G.I. Joe toy line. It's kind of a standard slot that has to be filled in multiple different ranges. Mm. But while there have been many imitators and successes to the Vamp, you'll never go wrong with the Vamp. In any of its iterations. But the original... Ah, man, it just... I fell in love with it in the pages of the early Marvel comic books once I started getting more of them mm-hmm. uh, in dusty old comic book stores and finding them at newsagents. And ever since then, it just had this allure, which is hard to ignore. Uh, mm-hmm. And what was cool about it was, just like vehicles are augured in and, and repurposed and fully laden... Uh, the Vamp, while still a two-seater, was completely overloaded with Joes often, uh, which just just spoke to a very cool play pattern that, yeah, out of necessity, this tough little workhorse could carry like six or seven guys if necessary. And that, that was just so cool, so cool. And as I say, it won't set you back too much. Things to look out for, obviously, the uh, the steering wheel. Sadly, mm. it's removable. Oh, <laughs> man. If the designers had only known the palaver that that would cause. My vamp has an APC steering wheel in it. And <laughs> I don't really mind that. The gas cans are also removable. You know, take it or leave it. You could put guns in there. You could put backpacks in there. Uh, you don't need to have a complete vamp in order to get all the joy out of it. That's true. Similarly with the, with the, uh, the Stinger. They're tough little workhorses. Great fun to have with your assortment of G.I. Joes and Cobras. Your ever-growing assortment of G.I. Joe and, figure, and well. Cobra figures at this point. Other humble choices. You can't beat a classic. The version 1 hiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they can be inexpensively had if you happen to be a bit more industrious about fixing the pins that create the droopy gun syndrome. There are guides on YouTube as to how to achieve stiffened gun barrels. Erect <laughs> oh, gun <God>. barrels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so don't be don't be afraid of his tanks that have gun barrels that that seem to be sagging, because it's not a deal breaker. <laughs> so uh, was that uh, something that you you both agreed on the his version yeah, one? Yeah, Rob, that was Paul and me because I know. You, yes, you, you, I chose. You can say it. 
Yeah, I, I chose version two. I think it looks more detailed. It, it has troop capacity. I mean, I think it's absolutely awesome that you can pull the back out of it and you pop all your troops in there. It's like it's, it's, it's like an APC. It's like the APC of, of Cobra, you know, but so much classier. I think maybe what turns off some people is maybe the color scheme. You know, they're kind of like weird blue color. It is blue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's blue and red, yeah. It's blue, red, and blue. Yeah. You know, yeah, I would agree that the, the original version looks more more classic. You know, the black with the with the kind of like the see-through canopy, the, the you know, like completely see-through. I mean, that one has a red canopy, version 2. But I just think, I thought practically the second one is better because you can get a lot more out of it. And you bring as far as I know, it doesn't have erectile dysfunction either. <laughs> no, it can't. You bring up a very good point, and it's actually something I wrestled with when I was doing my list. The reason that I picked the the V1 hiss over the version 2 hiss, or the space hiss, as I like to call it for myself, is because the version 1 hiss is more classic. Now, it doesn't always mean that because it's more classic, it should be on your buyer's guide. It's more a case of, like this topic has been presented, you're looking for 10 Joes, 10 essential Joes, 10 essential Cobras, 5 vehicles from each side. I feel that you would be remiss if you didn't have a hiss. Version 1. Oh, who's the run DMC now, bro? Ah, (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure Cooch would love to chime in with some asp love at this point. I'm sure he would. Do you love some asp? No, but that's that's why I I just... Yeah, well, let me just... um, Yeah, some some sass. Um, Some sasp. Um, The thing is, a hiss... The the first uh, the first version of the hiss is like the last hiss tank that I've bought. It's it's like it's the youngest hiss tank in my collection, and the thing is I've actually been chasing one for myself for a long time, and I don't know why I never bought it because every time I'd watch the Sunbow cartoon, I'd be sad that I didn't have a hiss. And even though I had a hiss two, and the hiss two is my oldest GI Joe vehicle in my collection. As in, it's my childhood one, if that makes sense. So it's definitely worth owning from an iconic point of view. However, if that doesn't bother you, then the version 2 is a fantastic toy. Everything Rob said about it is why you should own it. Just be careful when you buy a version 2 Hiss, because there's these two clips that they have in the canopy, in the drop-down canopy, that are designed to hold the figures, and those are often missing. And guys like to sell them separately, for whatever reason. Anyway, so that's that. (laughs) But you don't need them. The guys stay in that. They're not going to go anywhere once the canopy. Once you've locked the the drop down uh, cockpit in place, they're not going to fall out. They're in there, man. You don't need those clips. Throw them away. And Kujo, what do you think of the hiss, man? And, and what do you you know hiss or version two hiss or? The hiss is undeniable just because of the design. It felt like a Corvette on a tank tread. So. I, li- I like that. It's unavoidable. You know, going back to the Jeeps for a second, I think you got a break with the Stinger because it had two-tone missiles, didn't it? Red and black? No. But, okay, the, the, it's it's got the same sculpt as the Packrat missiles. Okay. From the, 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 the missile-launching Packrat. But whereas the Packrat was a sort of a two-stage uh, gray and red, the Stinger is a solid piece, just red. But... Okay. You can still interchange them with the pack rat missiles, and it looks pretty sweet. When you're playing, uh, you can uh, like firing a missile, and that point of impact when you're playing is is more is better than when you're shooting a gun. So, and also mm. it creates a situation where once you've spent your ammo, it's like no, we can't fight, but we can run that kind of thing. 
<laughs> Unless you towed an asp. Come on, no. Curtis. I've given you two ins now. Nicely done, brother. Just to clarify, the asp did not make it onto Rob, Paul, or my lists, but Curtis is a big fan. Well, if, if you're swinging the spotlight, I'll, I'll continue to swing it. HCC just dropped the asp review. And that was highly entertaining. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the ASP because of the comic, but also because of the kind of design aesthetic. And it's unnecessarily kind of complicated, and I like that in a vehicle. So... <laughs> uh, um, I, I can relate. Yeah. No, I, I think it works awesome if you're going through a canyon and you're towing it with a stinger and you're like, we need a roadblock here. The thing may not stop everybody, but it's going to scare the shit out of it when it stands up, you know? <laughs> That's all. Ask um, Well played. Just quickly coming back to the vamp. It might sound strange for me to say this, but the vamp version one, the vintage, I would actually say if you can, if you were going for a classic collection, cherry pick the actual version one vamp over the modern incarnation. Now, technically, the modern incarnation is a better toy. It has a lot more bells and whistles. It has a lot of great stuff going for it. You know, and it's even been made to accommodate modern era figures if you decide to maybe buy a modern collection later or whatever. But I didn't know that this would happen. But when I got that Terradrome and I pulled out that Vamp version one that was in that box, I didn't realize or I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. And and it's weird. I don't know what it is. There's just something about it's the the, the sort of tactile feel of it. It feels like an old toy. But it's got that attitude that the vamp should have. And I feel that that is missing in the modern incarnation somehow. I, I can't put my finger quite on what it is, but it is missing um, in the modern versions. And I'm sure that they're quite cheap now because the the fact is that there are so many modern versions. A lot of guys buy the modern era version anyway, and they pop vintage figures into it. Totally cool. That's that's not a crime or a sin or anything. But there is something really cool about the vintage vamp. And when you get it, I think you'll know what I mean. Preach, brother. Cool. On to the next thing. <laughs> Budgetary constraints aside, here are the toys that two or more of us believe you have to have. <laughs> For Rob and myself, it's the 1983 G.I. Joe HQ. Yeah. The Killer Whale. And that's it for Rob and me. <laughs> for Paul and Rob, you got to have yourself a warthog and a mamba. And for Steve and Paul, you should track down a snowcat, a night raven, yeah. and a night raven. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, you gents? Did you just say my picks while I wasn't here? No, no, I've no. just unveiled them now. These oh. are choices that, that, that both you and Steve had. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Speaking to the, the HQ, you have to have somewhere to keep all your Joes, and it, it really is the perfect place to keep your Joes as well as your vehicles. I remember all of them, but, I mean, your smaller vehicles can all fit in there, or two of them can. Anyway, it's a cool centerpiece to any collection. You know, that's where you keep your Joes. You can even keep Cobra Commander there in the cell as he listens to everything everyone's saying because he's in the middle of the bloody base next to the, you know, <laughs> the screens and whatever else. Um, it, but it's fantastic and has so many features. It's, it really is this, a centerpiece for a collection. Like, if you can't afford a flag, 
really, if you're not Steven, you can't afford a flag. <laughs> the, I think the the HQ is the, is the next best thing, essentially. Here, here, yeah, it is a point of departure for any of your missions. I think it's important. I mean, most of us centered around the good guys growing up, and I think that's still true of of the way I play with GI Joe now. Gosh. Not, not that I get much opportunity to do that anymore, but at least in my flights of fancy, it always starts with a briefing, a mission, and you need that nerve center to be a real toy. I'm all for the use of imagination. I'm a real toy. <laughs> but when it comes to a G.I. Joe briefing room, in order to create that suspension of disbelief, it really helps using the 1983 HQ, and it is absolutely up to the task. It's kind of... A blank slate enough to use areas within it for various purposes. You don't necessarily have to have a vamp parked in the parking bay. That could be an armory, or it could be a weapons range, or it could be any number of things. It could be Doc applying a bandage. Absolutely. Oh, the, yes. cell, the cell could be a medical bay with bars. <laughs> <laughs> But it has two beds and very comfortable beds. I mean, they, they certainly um, gave uh, those those baddies uh, the short shrift when it came to the 1987 MCC. That guy's literally <laughs> like a like a steel box a with box. a ledge seat. <laughs> I mean, they've even got like a blanket. So the HQ, yeah, that's that's pretty darn near essential, and it plays so nicely with other vehicles and has a great synergy with the vehicles released around the time. All of the towed weapon systems, the Mobat and the vamp all have dedicated slots that their undercarriage fills in that headquarters. It's great. Rob and I both adore the whale, and I had not fully appreciated how much I adored the whale until Atlantis Factor Part 3. It all of a sudden made me very envious of people who got the joy and privilege to unbox one and build it up Mm. mint, because that thing has a staggering number of small parts and detailed mm. technical parts, all the panes of glass pop out, <laughs> all the depth charges are two-piece affairs. It comes with two mini vehicles that you assemble. It comes with a very detailed and functioning fan structure at the back with movable vanes. I mean, this thing is heaps and heaps of play value, all rolled up into one sexy, canonic, iconic classic G.I. Joe package. Yeah, and, and there also comes probably the the difficulty with this vehicle in getting it complete and getting it not broken and trying to get all those pieces. I mean, fortunately, I think Stephen and I, we our, ours are both complete, even though my veins are, are packed away somewhere in the box because I was too scared that they get broken <laughs> in transit going anywhere. Which is a very, very sensible fear. Uh, Those veins (laughs) have fetched individually. I've seen people asking for $100 each for each each vein. So you're sitting on 400 bucks of unbroken G.I. Joe whale hovercraft vein. But yeah, that's my only, that's only like point that makes this one a difficult one to, to, you know, to add to your collection. But if you can, it would be fantastic to have a, a complete whale in your collection. You're like, mm, I did it. But. I did it. If that is too lofty a goal, 
Paul and Rob both think that the warthog would make you just as happy. Not so, gents. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Fully agree. My childhood agrees too. <laughs> <laughs> Load it up with figures and take them on adventures. It's amphibious. It's also a tank, so it could probably stand up to a few more hits than the whale. <laughs> and it's got those gigantic fucking orange torpedo missile things. Mm. I yanked I yanked my missile stem off on my warthog, and I never looked back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the one was broken already. I think even if I had a, a fully functional missile stem, it would still stay in the drawer. It would still break no, it. No, it's gone. Stop <laughs> yanking it. Yeah. Stop yanking your stems. <laughs> I have never had a problem with it. I can see the sensibility in Stephen's words when we spoke about the warthog so many years ago. I, I, I get it, but it's never bothered me. And I think that's, I mean, and it's weird. I mean, Steve, you got yours as a kid as well, didn't you? Correct. Yeah. So for me as a kid, it never bugged me. I've I've always felt that it completes the silhouette of the warthog quite nicely. Uh, I'm going to differ with you there and say it hurts the silhouette of the warthog because it's this odd-shaped you know, missile stalk on something that is more low-profile than that. I mean, it, it, mm. it, it's a troop transport. It's not a frontline tank. It's not spearheading the assault. It's kind of in the rear with the gear. But look, I, I don't want to dissuade people uh, by muddying the waters. I mean, to level that kind of criticism at a classic G.I. Joe vehicle is going to r- ruffle some tail feathers because now anyone who has a warthog is like in two minds. They're like, mm, mm. but Steve from G.I. Joe books says I should yank it out. It looks better, but it's, you know, it's part of it. So do I go with Paul and Rob? I'm going to listen to Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what it also is? It is super detailed inside. It has so much play value. It is a troop transport, as mentioned before. And it's a great troop transport at that. It's one of the G.I. Joe vehicles that has a more realistic military aesthetic to it, uh, much in the vein of things like the Mauler tank and the Mobat, if you're into that. But it also puts its feet in the sort of out there terrain, which is pretty cool as well. And it provided adult Paul and child Paul that sounded weird. Um, child pornography. Child pornography. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Hopefully that doesn't make the cut. It brought lots of joy to me as a child. It really did. I mean, that thing went to the park. That thing was buried in the ground and turned into a base. That thing was shoved into sand, and the one door was open and it was used as. Oh, it was. It was all kinds of stuff. It was a great and is still a great toy, and that is why it's on my list. Hmm. Regardless if you want the missiles on or not. <laughs> it's fantastic I think it's really cool um, I added it because it's it's amphibious it can go on land and go on the water oh, really it's pretty cool and it floats it probably floats it floats really good it's a good floater I don't know if you were on the episode where we discussed the most buoyant G.I. Joe vehicles but I seem to remember mm-hmm. being at your great aunt's place Rob and we left that mm-hmm. warthog in the pool all night <laughs> <laughs> it was still bobbing on the surface when we rejoined it and I couldn't swim back then man I had the water wings and, and you were able to like swim out to get it I can't reach it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so moving along from the warthog you guys both considered the Cobra Mamba attack helicopter to be essential want to mm. tell me why that is 
I think it's it, once again like with my choices with the the techno viper and like the frag viper, you know that kind of like oddball thing that Cobra is known for. You know they have these insane, incredible designs, and that is that's what the Mamba is. It's a crazy design. You have got like four pilots and two rotors that that clash. So these like they have no idea what they're doing. They're like, I know I want to go this way. I want to go that way. Uh, no, no, I control this. No, okay. Ah. Like Pacific Rim. Exactly, it's crazy. Like they all have to work together. All four of those pilots got to four control pilots. their rotor blades. <laughs> Rob, where are you getting that fourth pilot from, bro? What does he do? Hang on the the, the belly of the craft, like in in lieu of the bomb. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the one turning the knob that makes the rotors go. Oh, of course. <laughs> like Chuckles in GHO the movie, giving it a push. <laughs> no, guys, I'm joking. I mean, there, there's one pilot, and then there's two pods that fire off. But it's really awesome. It looks insane. Like, that was believable, what I was saying there, at least in the context of Cobra. Like, <laughs> that could happen. It can happen. And this vehicle makes you think it can happen. <laughs> Anything is possible when you look at the Cobra Mamba. And it, when you get that mechanism going, it's really cool when it works. With those blades spinning, not hitting each other like Stevens does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be the, 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 the dissenting opinion and say, like, a functioning Mamba is a great thing. But Absolutely. <laughs> buyer beware. A non-functioning Mamba, like the mushroom pegs that the blades clip onto. If those are worn, and it's a strong likelihood, then those blades are not very firm. And a mamba with infirm blades, they will not sink properly, so they'll slap each other. Slap each other silly. Yeah, you know, just like slapping these, these blades. They're slapping just... their mambas. Uh, <laughs> Floppy blades just slapping that, and, each other. I mean, there are other technical faults to the mamba. It's back heavy, so if you deploy the pods... And try and land. It's gonna land on its ass. Not gonna happen. But it looks amazing. It's a, it's a, it's, it's beautiful. A squash to get Gyro Viper into the cockpit. Whatever. Well, if it comes with Gyro Viper, I mean, if it doesn't, that's okay. You got you got Firefly. He'll fly it. <laughs> you might have to settle for shoving R two D two in there because, as I say, it's cramped. <laughs> <laughs> The reason you should own it is because, firstly, it is uh, probably the best Cobra helicopter, okay? Uh, Cobra is not too strong in the helicopter department, for starters. Secondly, it's got a great play feature, and I think the sort of intersecting rotor blade play feature, which, when it works really well, like mine, (laughs) does. Sorry, I had to throw that in there because mine was minty fresh. I got to build one out of the box. When it works really well... It's actually a marvel of toy design because it's not a design I've seen repeated in another toy line before. And that doesn't mean that it hasn't been. It's just it's, uh, something I haven't seen uh, anywhere else. It feels cool. It's a big, it's weird. It's like a big, small toy. So it has, it doesn't have like a ton of features, but it's a handful, you know, like a mumba should be. The deployable pods, <laughs> the deployable pods are great. Mine being minty fresh, um, it has a distinct clack when you pop them off, which scares the living crap out of me every time I do it, because I'm always expecting that clack to be its last clack and for something to break. That is something, that that's paranoia that I'm passing on to you, the listener. 
And I'm going to balance that paranoia by saying that Rob and I have, you know, very played with mambas, and there is no whitening on those that hook and teeth. Yeah, those things are strong. Yeah, it it it's it stood the test of time. That might not be true of all plastics. They might have aged differently in different locations. But at least for our two specimens and our four clips, no breakages yet. So may your fears be allayed. But aside from that, it's it's just a really cool toy. It's the most unusual helicopter you will probably ever own. It is so distinctly Cobra. It isn't used enough in the shows, uh, I think just because it's probably super difficult to animate, actually. But it does have a cool feature in the sense of those pods that, that deploy. 87 kind of fell outside of the cartoons, bro. Cartoon. Mm. Yeah, that's so probably why. So that could also be one of the reasons it was obviously never shown. It does make appearances in the video games, which is pretty cool. But yeah, just adding to its play features, I mean, that uh, that deployable pod could be a very cool, like, stealthy insertion pod. The helicopter itself is toted as being stealthy. The included Gyro Viper might not be the coolest toy in the world ever, but um, he's going to be living in your mamba's cockpit anyway. So it's not like, you know, you're going to take it out. And the the little bomb dropping features and the little bombs and everything that comes together with it, it's a it's a great toy. It's uh, when I when I put it in there, I was like, well, what are the best um, Cobra aerial vehicles? Because I was looking at my list and I was like, wow, I'm giving you a lot of stuff with wheels. Uh, so what would be? Oh yeah, Mamba, duh, <laughs> you know. So that's that's where it comes from. Hmm. 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 I hope that that's enough. <laughs> Gents, I think it has been enough. Should we close out this episode by giving our top five Joe and top five Cobra vehicles in any specific order that you choose? <laughs> I'm going to crack this one open first and give you mine. In the G.I. Joe camp, I went with the 1983 HQ, the Killer Whale, the Tomahawk, the Vamp, and something that only I voted for, the Sky Striker. It's a superb jet. (laughs) It's the best. You can't beat it. (laughs) In the Cobra camp, the Hiss Tank, the original and best, the Cobra Moray, the Night Raven. Ooh. Can I say it again? The Night Raven. Ooh. <laughs> the Thunder Machine. It's hell of a unique. It has rubber tires. There's nothing else remotely like it. It had to be something that I recommend strongly. It's in a league of its own. Even if you're not a Dreadnought fan, this is a almost must-have toy. I can't recommend it more highly. Uh, I'm not surprised that I'm the only one who uh, who nominated it, but if you have it in hand, you will not regret it. It's just a marvel of toy sculpting and a piece of G.I. Joe lore and history that cannot be denied. And finally, my last uh, dark horse oddball pick is a personal one, and that's the Cobra Hammerhead. This was a sought-after vehicle. This dominated my my wildest dreams, and to have actually gotten it was like a monumental moment in my childhood. How often is it that that one thing that you pine for more than anything else in the world, you're in a position to get? I was a very, very fortunate kid to have my dreams uh, answered like that. And uh, I did a YouTube review of it. Um, I kind of get a little bit emotional in that review. Feel free to check that out if you haven't already. But 
in terms of play value, you can't beat it. A lot of Cobra stuff uh, need the aquatic environment. Fortunately, I was a coastal kid, grew up near the ocean. The Cobra Hammerhead was the toy to use at the beach, hands down. Beats the bug. Why? Big tires. Enough said. Next. <laughs> um, apparently, I have to go last. You go, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, my Joe vehicles are the Tomahawk, uh, the Killer Whale, the Warthog AIFV, the 1983 HQ, and the one that I chose myself was the Ore Striker. And I chose it over the Vamp because, well, I did the Stinger. And also the Ore Striker, I think, holds four figures, if I remember correctly. And it's more rain than the vamp is so i thought you know go joe you can go anywhere Puse. my cobra vehicles as i just said the stinger from 84 the cobra his two from 89 because it's whole more figures that's pretty awesome cobra mamba the moray and finally i thought you know you can't just have one helicopter you need to have another and like Cobra is always harassing Joes with their kind of like their, their air, air stuff. And instead of choosing jets, because I was like, you can't really play with jets really nicely. You can't run fast enough to make it realistic. Um, <laughs> I chose the Cobra Fang, the original one from 83. Oh, which, little helo. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the, the second one is interesting. But I just thought the original one is just, it's more straightforward. Yes, it's no Cobra Claw, but... It just looks cool. It's got that cool black look to it. It is and cool. It's fantastic. I, I think it's really cool. And I thought, you know, that's just a nice compliment to the rest of the, the Kerber vehicles that I chose. And it matches the Stinger. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then, guys, everyone is very excited to hear what, what Paul's 40 vehicle list is. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, Kujo... Uh, peanut gallery bro are you still with us i'm with us yeah man um I, i'm just soaking up the vehicle chat i do have a, a hot gi joe stock tip at the Ooh. end but I'm, I'm interested to hear what uh paul has to say nice <laughs> okay joe vehicles the vamp the shark and uh really i don't care which one you get vintage or modern but the shark has to be in your collection because it's a sub and a jet uh the snowcat uh, the Snowcat is such a cool character in the show, in the in the uh, Sunbow series, and it's such a cool toy. It is a pity that it's a snow vehicle or a winter vehicle, but it is definitely deserving of being in your collection, especially if you're following my list and own Snowjob. And then the Warthog. Uh, there's nothing else left for me to say about the Warthog other than you should probably click purchase <laughs> on your eBay page right now as you're listening to this. The only oddball I'll add is the X-19 Phantom. Uh, yes, I have chosen that over the Sky Striker, but that's just because I like it. Cobra Vehicles. Boom. Cobra Bug. Yep, it was the biggest Cobra vehicle I had ever seen as a kid in my presence. Nobody I knew had a, a, had a hammerhead, and I would have loved to have had a hammerhead when I was a kid um, because I also fawned over it on the one catalog that um, one of the catalogs that came in with our Joes. And it also made a brief appearance on Look Who's Talking 2. It's on a TV ad, and Mike's like, I want a Cobra Hammerhead, and then John Travolta gives him an airplane. He's like, I don't want an airplane. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's a vehicle I've always wanted. But it's not on my list, because I still as yet don't own one. 
And that is why I can't justify it. Oh, it's big, it's grey, and you will not regret it. It comes with a fantastic driver. I'll buy one at Jokon. Sector Viper <laughs> ain't got nothing on Decimator. Oof. Too cool. That is true. And and I think Decimator is even cheaper than Sector Viper Complete. <gasps> um, you think... lie. Sacrilege. Well, that's great news for anyone considering buying one. He comes highly exactly. recommended from yours truly. Great figure. Exactly. The Hiss version 1, for everything that we said about it before, you have to own it. The Night Raven. Because there's, no uh, there's, no there's no haven from the Cobra <laughs> Night Raven. Dude, this is one of the craziest uh, toys in my collection. I bought this for a very good price from Dallas Vintage Toys on eBay years ago. I think it's the first and only G.I. Joe vehicle I've ever personally bidded on and won the bid for. It, Look at you, big man. I didn't realize, like, this thing is huge. <laughs> That's what she said, right? <laughs> but it is. It's fucking huge. You don't realize how, if you, I mean, and this is for, like, a boy living in South Africa who has only seen the Night Raven in pictures, mind you. When you actually experience this thing for the first time and it's something that you didn't grow up with and you just saw in pictures, wow, it's huge. And it is got such... <laughs> It's got twin rear guns and a one-man drone, and it's on the lookout for G.I. Joe. It is stunning just for that, it, and, and it's my Cobra centerpiece. It's one of the, it's one of my proudest G.I. Joe vehicles, and I think you have to own it if you want some serious Cobra air superiority. Plus, it's sexy as fuck. Anyway, uh, the Moray, <laughs> good. It's a Moray. And the Mamba, for everything that we said about it before. If you're feeling a little bit adventurous, consider a condor and the thunder machine i wanted to put into my list but it wasn't quite it was just like a hair away from being in my list and possibly even replacing the cobra bug but if i've given you a, and rob said this uh in our private group chat it's kind of weird to recommend a thunder machine when you don't have dreadnoughts on the list of joes that i've recommended and mm. also just something as a bonus so you're going to get all the 10 figures. I mean, if you choose my list or Steven's list or Rob's list or Kujo's list, remember that. Or your own list. Or your own list, yes, that you've made from ours. Uh, remember that when you buy these vehicles, you may be one of those collectors who wants complete to be with the figure, which means that you're going to get a deep six, which you'll buy separately. I promise you that. Um, you're going to get a frostbite. Who comes with the Tomahawk again? Oh, yes, lift ticket. So there's your pilot for your Tomahawk. Our Warthog comes with none other than Sergeant Slaughter, or if you buy the European version, Sergeant Slammer. And you're going to get, okay, good luck getting a bug with a Sector Viper for, like, cheap. Your Night Raven, hopefully, will come with a Strato Viper. Which are fairly common. And Cujo. Yeah, they were released in a vehicle driver pack. They were kind of mail-away exclusives. There was an overstock of Strato Vipers. And Cujo, suck it, boy, but I think Strata Viper is a superior pilot sculpt to Wild Weasel any day of the week. Better colors, better sculpt detail, everything. Strata Viper is the best Cobra pilot figure ever produced. Bam. Well, he likes to think so. Unfortunately, you cut out that whole time you were talking, so I didn't hear anything you said. But I think <laughs> Wild Weasel is a great figure. Sure, Absolutely. Uh, 
<sighs> Africa. Getting a complete moray will also net you one of the coolest uh, cobra aquatic figures, in my humble opinion, which is the lamprey. And the mumbo will get you a gyro viper, which take it or leave it. You either love them or hate them, or you you they just they're there. So yeah, so that is a bonus. So you're gonna get five additional figures if you are one of those like super completist uh, purchases. But yeah, so there you go. That's Paul's list. Bam. Close this out, Cujo. Sure, why not? That was a marathon chat, guys. Are you guys gonna Nerds. take a nap after this? Um, uh, yeah, it's called nighttime. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's past midnight on the continents of Africa. Well, if you're still hanging with Joburg, let's end on what I think will be a hot GI Joe stop. Um, going into fellowship. Con. Oh, nice. We outlasted the uh, insects. Going into Joe Con. One of the figures we've kind of yucked it up about is uh, Worms Officer. I know Steven loves the sculpt. We're likely to see him at the con on an, on the carded figure. Why that's a big deal? Um, let's talk about Adam Riches for a second. He's been doing the card art for the club. And on this one, he nailed it. Because we've joked about Worms' kind of dad bod out of shapeness. Well, on the card art, you got a picture of Worms Officer doing a remote-controlled drone bomb. It's one of the it's one of the best card arts I've seen in a long time. I think that everybody's going to want to be Team Ascot come convention. I think that'll be one of the hardest figures to find. So that's really the question going into JoeCon. Are you Team Ascot? We'll find out. <laughs> the hell you say, bro. In closing, I'd just like to say the GoFundMe for Joburg, or JoeFundMe, whatever you want to call it, has recently hit its 60% of goal mark. Yes. And uh, among many exciting um, donations that have happened recently, uh, one of our dear friends even listed a... A Cobra Hammerhead with its box and an additional missile launcher and the proceeds he donated to the GoFundMe. So, uh, guys, this is just a big thank you to absolutely everyone who's gotten us to this point. I, I, I don't know how, how best to honor your your financial contributions. Uh, I have a massive grin on my face every day thinking that there are people out there who've parted with their hard-earned dough to make this dream a reality. You guys are amazing. I gush, 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 gush. But really, like, yeah. It, it, it goes without saying that G.I. Joburg is extremely grateful. You are all in our Hall of Fame. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That said, we still got a ways to go. We got some time to get it together. But in order to make this trip a reality, yeah, we're pretty much going to need every dollar that we, we're asking for. <laughs> So I hope we make it, because this is going to be awesome. And that's me. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't think of any other time that something like this has happened, and especially at the, uh, not the the, the finish line of G.I. Joe, but G.I. Joe is kind of headed to a nebulous state. So this is going to be some damn good content. If you want to break off five bucks, I'm always talking the T-shirts. We've yet to deliver, but I'm on it. I promise you that. 
We don't even have to mention that. T-shirt, guys. Ladies, whomever. The T-shirts, guys. You're going to be wearing these forever. So, yeah. No, it's it's, it's this is a cool thing. This is pretty cool. Let me let me finish with just a little bit of that chatter. I'm I'm going to keep dropping the word Joe Net. Don't worry. I'm not going to turn it into a hashtag or anything stupid like that. But like, who are you now? If you if you're applying for a new job. Like, the skill set that you have, that's great. But if you walk into an interview and you say, oh, by the way, I'm good at social media, too, that's going to be one of the biggest job requirements going forward. Mm. It is a very important skill because it's you're cultivating your voice, and that's unavoidable now. people that are, uh, that are hiring you don't know fuck about it. <laughs> well, people are learning the hard way stateside. Um, I think we talked, to, talked about a, a couple people earlier, but... It's important, and I value everybody in Jonet 1 through 100. Even if we butt heads, that's life, baby. But, no, I, I got everybody's back. I, I appreciate everybody. This is just a hell of a run, guys. Mm. Who knows where it ends? I am kidding, by the way. I mean, like, no hate. I think if you don't know how to use Facebook and all that stuff, maybe you're better off. This is what it boils down to, like, they did clown up this iteration of social media. I'm not going to go into that, but it's important going forward, and it's it's going to continue to be important. It's going to be unavoidable. Mm. That's all. I'm not going to preach, you know? Agreed. What you got, Rob? Well, um, I think this has been a great episode, and just a, a big shout-out to Brindley Hope Cabal. I hope you'll be listening to our episodes uh, when you grow old enough to understand them. And I hope Dave listens to these with you and covers your ears whenever Paul swears. <laughs> Congrats, guys. Happy hunting, G.I. Joe Burgers. Grab some cool toys. Yeah, make those lists, buy those toys. Uh, so glad I own most of the stuff on my list. <laughs> we will We will be doing this for the modern era, FYI. Mm. So, get ready to dig deep. <laughs> Jungle Viper is going to make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> this has been episode 112 of G.I. Joburg. It's been a marathon. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll see you on the next one, or you'll hear us on the next one. And catch us anywhere our social media is handled, be it Twitter, be it Facebook, be it in the YouTube comments section. I love a lively bit of chats on the YouTube comments. Instagram. You know, Instagrizzle. Yep. Loving the love that we're getting on Instagram. That's Paul's baby. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like you, you know where to go to find the various members of this team. If you want Cujo, head to Twitter. If you want me, head to YouTube or Facebook. If you want Paul exclusively, it's Instagram. If you want Rob, if you want Rob, Rob you got to come to Cape Town. Oh, fuck you. Go to his house. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, put money into the GoFundMe. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna pay for me, bitches. I'm that thought you really want. There it is. I think think we're done. We are are (laughs) done. Stick a fork or something sharp in it. Something of ours. Done. Pull me out. Okay, boys. I'm gonna can the recording. Amazing.